Thank you, worship team. My name is Brendan Saget, and I am the director of middle school ministries here. And I've been here for about two years uh, and eight months so far, and it's been uh, a blast, and I've loved every second of it. It's an honor to be up here today, and if you would have told uh, 16-year-old me and probably some of my teachers that I'd be preaching um, later in my life, they and probably myself uh, would have laughed in your face, uh, and that just goes to show the privilege that it is to be up here today uh, speaking with you. So as, as you all know, we are continuing our sermon series on Grace Dangerous. And I don't know about you, but when, when Pastor Jerry first unveiled that name, it didn't seem right. It didn't seem like it flowed off the tongue well. It seemed kind of odd. Uh, even probably at one point I walked up to him and said, are you sure you want to use that title? Because I know better than Ben Pastor Jerry. Um, but today, we've been in it for so long that it just seems to roll off the tongue, to flow in a way that I didn't think would happen. But it's amazing what time can do. But time with intention is much different than time without intention. Because Pastor Jerry did have intention behind that title. And before we get into our passage today, I wanna to give you a little story. So moving to Indiana, I, had, I learned very quickly that this is a basketball state. And I had to learn quickly that if I was going to get any better, I needed some help. So high school, sophomore year, I didn't have the greatest shooting form. And I know that sounds odd, but bear with me. Uh, so there was a point where I needed to change, I needed to get better. So I asked a friend of mine, Ben Durnell, who was the girls basketball coach at the time to help me. So he agreed to train me, he agreed to, to help me out, and so we set up a time, and I go into the gym, and I go to grab a basketball. And he says, you won't need that, which I thought was a little odd, seeing as we were training for basketball. So I obliged, and we proceeded to then spend one full hour repping what, a, what the basic shooting form was without a basketball, basketball in my hand, over and over and over and over again, which seemed a little odd to me at the time, but now I see that it actually was one of the turning points in my life um, where I learned what love was in the midst of teaching and showing others how to do something well that they don't know themselves. But it wasn't until I got the basics down where I could then progress in not only uh, basketball, but my life in general, um, and my life as a Christian. So today's passage is from 1 Corinthians. If you're following along in the New Testament in a year, we are now in 1 Corinthians, and I get to uh, end 1 Corinthians for us. So it's going to be out of 1 Corinthians 13. And for all of you who have used that verse, or know what it is, bear with me, don't tune out yet. I promise I will speak into that. But first, let's read the word. If I speak in tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, 
And if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends, but as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, and the greatest of these is love. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for the everlasting love that you give us. I pray that you would give us all ears to listen and open our hearts to what you have in store for us today. Amen. So Samantha Spencer pointed out a couple weeks ago that the city of Corinth was probably the wealthiest city in Greece. And it's no secret that we live in a very, very wealthy community. And it's amazing. And I feel blessed to be in this city. But what we have to acknowledge and realize is that just like the Corinthians, we are broken, lost, and seeking the true completeness that comes only from Christ. And just like I had to get back to the basics to become better, Paul reiterated the basics of love to this community of believers. And now they're all caught up on the passage. I do want to point out the fact that this verse, this passage, is used many times in a marital ceremony. So, what would a single 26-year-old tell you about love that you don't already know? Some who have experienced love for a lifetime, and some, don't get offended, have, have experienced love longer than I have even been alive. But this is the fun part for me because that's not what Paul was using it for. Although it's a great marital ceremony, ceremonious passage, it's not what Paul was trying to teach the church. And although I do believe Paul would be ecstatic that it's used at a marital ceremony, it's not what he was trying to get across. See, this love is a love that God shows throughout all history. It's a love that you and I can both experience together. We can feel this love together. Love for God the Father and love for one's neighbor. 
Paul spent 12 chapters educating the church in what they were doing wrong. And now we come to chapter 13, where Paul makes strong absolutes about not only what love is, but what God is. And some commentators also pointed out that this passage is a break or a pause in Paul's writing, purposefully for a turning point in what he was teaching. See, he spent 12 chapters scathing the Corinthians for what they were doing wrong, but then he opens up hope. He reels them in with conviction, but then shows them the love that God has for them. And as Stan pointed out last week, it was love that motivated Paul to write these letters. And today, I want to focus on one of, in my opinion, the most important aspects of love. Which is? Patience. And some of you, like me, didn't like the pause. Where is he going? Did he forget where he was? Was something not on the screen? Right? We don't like those pauses. We don't like waiting either. We don't like talking about patience. But I don't think that there was a coincidence that Paul used patience as the first absolute about love. Because without patience, you get nothing else that follows. Without patience, you don't get love. Without patience, you get, as the late Gene Wilder said, nothing. You lose. You get nothing. But Paul spoke right before this line about if you did all these amazing things for God, all of these things that say, God, look at me. Look at, look at what I'm doing for you but you don't know how to or what love is, you still have nothing. See, it's the story that we tell over and over and over again. You can do all of these things, these great things, but if you don't love, they mean nothing. Because just like in my story, I needed to learn the basics i.e. to have the patience to step back and learn to then be better in the other aspects of my game, which I know sounds weird, but it actually taught me how to be a better person, a better Christian, and teaches me every day how to be a better leader in my job today, to be able to love the students and families I work with, and to be able to have the patience to step back when I need to. See, the church at Corinth had been around for about five years at this time. Five years is a pretty good length of time to see how things are going, to evaluate how people are working together. Some of you would say that you only need a few months, if not a few weeks, to be able to evaluate someone now with all the data and digital marketing and all that that we have today. But things obviously ran a bit slower in this time. Time running slow seems like gibberish. Why wait when you can get a fast pass? Why go and take the time to drive to the store when you can have it delivered to you and you can finish some things in the house? 
I'm not knocking those. But imagine trying to start a huge movement, but it takes three years to, to reach people that are only hundreds of miles around you. That doesn't compute with us because today you can hop on a plane and hit multiple countries within one day. Or you can impact millions, if not billions, with one touch of a button on your phone. But what does compute with us are the problems that they were facing as a church. And I'll just highlight a few of those. Division over teachers, lawsuits against one another, sexual immorality, marriage and singleness, idolatry, attire, the Lord's Supper, and other aspects of life that we still debate today. But now even Paul knew that this young church at Corinth wasn't just going to forget all that they had done wrong in the past. But who can blame them? Our past is important. Paul was also not under any expectation that the church would change overnight. And he would get a letter the next week stating everything had been fixed, all their problems are gone. Because love is patient. See, patience is derived from a Greek word, makrothumio, meaning to be of a long spirit, not to lose heart, to persevere patiently and bravely in enduring misfortunes and troubles, to be patient in bearing the offenses and injuries of others, to be mild and slow in avenging, to be long-suffering, slow to anger, slow to punish. So why would I choose this passage out of all the passages I could have chosen? Some might say, oh, it was the easy one. Some might say that everyone's heard it, so why not use it? Well, we as a church are still feeling the downfall of human nature because time is not in our control. I would also like to add that many of us who ask God for patience don't like what we get because patience isn't given, it's experienced. You don't just understand patience. You first have to be put in situations that test your patience to realize how much patience you have or you don't have. And to get better at patience, you must go through experiences that test your patience. This is not a new concept, I know, but it's one that needs to be restated over and over again, and one that we all need to hear every now and again, or I would say, every day. And if that doesn't compute with you, here is another example of time. So in Next Gen, we talk about time in marbles. And I know that seems kind of odd, but there's jars of marbles behind me, and each one of these marbles represents one week. One week. So when your child is born, you have 936 weeks with them. 936. This is full to the brim. Right? And I, Ilya, my boss, our next-gen director, just had a baby. And he's probably feeling like, wow, this is a lot of time. New baby, second kid, there's a lot of time. And just time, it's just so much time. 936 weeks starts to look a little less when we move over here to around fourth and fifth grade. 
when they get up to middle school ministry. And at this point, you have 468 weeks left with your child before they go off to college. 436 weeks. And we move to this one that is extremely low as they get into ninth grade. What I feel like is the fastest four years of life, especially as a parent. 208 weeks left, and they just keep going and going and going. And I'd like to add, too, that this gap right here that goes by so fast sometimes seems the hardest because from about fourth or fifth grade to ninth grade is when kids start to figure out who they are. They start to figure out how to rebel a little bit more. They start to figure out how to push your patience even more. They push your buttons and they push your buttons. Yet all of these marbles are memories, are tying together, are things that you can't get back. Because when they go off to college, it's empty. There's no more marbles. And some of you have sent off kids in the last two or three weeks to college. Some who are feeling that pain, that hurt, that all those marbles are gone. Some would say the world has them now, right? We know God still has them, but now they get to experience life at a different pace for themselves. And it's scary, but time is scary. One could say it's dangerous, but as grace is patient, time is dangerous. See, with patience comes grace every time. When you are patient, when you are patient, you have grace with not only yourself, but with whoever you are interacting with or whatever. But when it comes to time, we don't have enough time. We waste time. We waste other people's time. People waste our time, right? It's dangerous to think about time. But I think this is why grace dangerous seemed off at first. We don't want to hear the tension that is between them. But what I would say to all of this is that it might be a phase that they might grow out of it, that we'll move on from this. Don't miss it. Have the patience, have the love to be able to step back and enjoy those marbles, enjoy those weeks, because they run out fast. But patience is not a, world, a word that the world knows. We see it day in and day out with new technology, new Amazon delivery, groceries picked up by another person and brought to our doorsteps, and sometimes even our fridges. And yes, I saw one weird service out there that you can have somebody bring groceries and put them in your fridge for you if you're not gonna be there. If you would like that, I'd love to talk to you, just pick your brain about why. But I digress. For the Corinthians, life was slower. 
But Paul still chose to pick patience as the first absolute of love. How have we still not gotten this? Why is there still a need to talk about this? God knew that we still would need this reminder well after Paul was God. Well, our lives are even faster now, and they just keep getting faster and faster. But as things get faster, we still need to realize the words that Paul said right after this, that the things on this earth will come to an end. Let's look at verse 10 again. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror. Sorry? I reason like when I became a child, when I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. Though who knows or who can say that they put away all of their childish ways? Some could raise their hands, but I don't buy it for a second. I think none of us has put away our childish ways. That some of those marbles that are gone are still inside of us. Those insecurities are still there. But we are all in the suffering together. Remember that word, macrothumio, to be of a long spirit, not to lose heart. See, patience equals time. But patience is time with intention. Time without intention is a whole nother storm. But what does time with intention look like? It looks like grace dangerous. Being gracious with our time, but also acknowledging that time is dangerous. Again, we seem to never have enough time, or we sometimes have too much time on our hands. Or the time that we use was not good enough or someone wastes our time. Even our jobs are categorized in time. How many hours did you work? How hard did you work? Oh, you worked 40 hours? Hard worker. Everything in our life revolves around this thing that we don't even have control in. But love, that love that God shows us and that we feel together, looks like doing the hard work of maintaining your readiness so that when that time comes, you are ready to be intentional with it. Let me say that again. But love looks like doing the hard work of maintaining your readiness so that when time comes, you are ready to be intentional with it. And that may look like just being present in silence, patiently waiting for the moment to engage with your son, daughter, coworker, or loved ones. It looks like serving in this very 
church with the gifts that God has given you to, as Warren Wearsby says, release the power of the Spirit in our lives and churches. As you came in and when you leave, you'll see in the gathering space, we have opportunities to serve in this church. It's one way to show love. It's one way to show that this church and this God has changed a little inside of you. But this also means sitting in the time that you have and being intentional with every second. Because just like the marbles, they run out very, very quickly. So we're gonna take a moment to go over some prompts. And in your bulletin that you got when you came in, there are actually uh, the prompts in there. I would encourage you to write down your answers to these questions. Or you can take out your phone and use the, the notes app. Or if you're at home, you can take out a piece of paper and write these down. And be honest with yourself. And we're gonna sit in this and I want you to think and answer honestly with all that you have. The first one is, when my patience is tested, I what? When my patience is tested, I what? Get angry, shout, run away, shut down, when I need help, my go-to person is who? If you had someone to put down on that, I'm so happy for you and I love that, that, that you have that person. If you don't have someone to put that on that line, reach out, ask someone here. That's what we are here for. That's what we as a church are here for. Next is I spend too much time on what? Myself, others, worry, anxiety, Netflix, my phone. And I'm going to spend more time on what?
For some, myself is a good answer for this, to spend more time on yourself, to spend more time uh, in the Word by yourself. Spiritual care is important. But I'm going to spend more time on those around me, my loved ones, in the Word. What is that for you? See, this love that is talked about in this passage, this love that we talk about, is a love that comes with time. A love that is tested over time. And without patience, you can't really test what that time really was. Asking people who have been married for a long time, what's your secret? A lot of them, patience. Having patience. Right, that word macrothumio, to be of a long spirit for long suffering. Great things take time. And at the beginning of our time together, I said that I was a single 26-year-old. But I want this to be an encouraging message to you that shows that you are not alone and that my job here, whether you have a kid in my ministry or not, is to love you. My job here is to show you the love of God. And as Pastor Jerry challenged us before he left for his sabbatical, we want to be a church that goes from unconscious busyness to conscious habitation. Now that we're on the cusp of him coming back, ask yourself, how have you done with that? How is that going? I would say for me, it's been a struggle. Life is fast. There's a lot of things going on. And yet, the time that we've taken, as long as it's intentional, we're moving in the right direction. My hope is that today you contemplate the thought of time and how we are spending it. I hope that you'll hug your kids, hug your loved ones, enjoy each other's presence. And when your patience runs out, know that you are not alone and that there are others around you to help and to suffer with you. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for your everlasting love. And I pray, Lord, that as we leave this building, that you would give us opportunities to have patience, that you would help us to experience what love is, that you would give us a chance to show others what your love means. I pray, Lord, that as we leave here today, that you would shine bright and that we would acknowledge that time is dangerous. And although we don't have control of it, that you are in control. 
I pray all of these in your amazing name. Amen.